Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service begins with the common service on page 15 in our hymnals. We're going to open right now with hymn number 484, Brothers, Sisters, Let Us Gladly. disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy merciful to us and has given his only son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Sunday after Pentecost is from Jeremiah chapter 15 verses 15 to 21. It's interesting how Jeremiah speaks here. He begins by talking about how the Word of God is such a blessing to him, but yet at the same time he talks about the struggles he has with what God says in his Word. Jeremiah said, You understand, O Lord, Remember me and care for me. Avenge me on my persecutors. You are long-suffering. Do not take me away. Think of how I suffer reproach for your sake. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. I never sat in the company of revelers, never made merry with them. I sat alone because your hand was on me and you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unending and my wound grievous and incurable? Will you be to me like a deceptive brook, like a spring that fails? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you, that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. I will make you a wall to this people, a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you to rescue and save you, declares the Lord. I will save you from the hands of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the cruel. Alleluia. Your words, O Lord, became a joy to me and the delight of my heart. Alleluia. Alleluia. week in our gospel reading we heard the apostle Peter make a wonderful confession about the Christ you are the Christ the son of the living God but here we see Peter still struggling still needing to grow in his faith as Satan was able to take advantage of him to try to tempt Jesus from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Closing part of that reading just reminds us that you know, our earthly life, it is important, but it's important only if it's used to focus on the important life, the life to come in heaven. Let's continue now with our next hymn, hymn number 454, I Gave My Life for Thee. today is our epistle reading from Romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 8. 
where the Apostle Paul was inspired to write, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the measure of faith, God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and those these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians, to whom our God has been merciful. Oh, imagine that you were doing a project around your home and, and you got to a point where you absolutely needed some help and, and there was nobody there at home with you. You were all alone. And the only thing you could do is maybe reach out to a neighbor and ask that neighbor if he or she would be able to help you out on the project that you were working on. But when you went to that neighbor, you found out that that neighbor also was busy in a project of his own and, and he didn't have any time to help you out. Well, under a circumstance like that, if you really needed help, if that project you were working on was one that absolutely needed to be done yesterday, what you might do is you might say to that neighbor, if you will just help me this one time right now, then I'll owe you a big favor for whatever you want, whenever you want. Now think about what you just said if you say something like that. If your neighbor does end up helping you, you will owe him a big favor and he could come to you at the worst possible time when you really can't afford any time when you have other things that are more important but because you made a promise because you said all oh, those words whatever you want whenever you want that's a responsibility that could end up being a burden and a big pain for you. Today, 
The Apostle Paul tells us of a similar circumstance with us and our God. Because of our sins, we really needed help from God. And of course, what God did is in his grace and mercy, he gave us the help that we need. He was merciful to us. He helped us. He solved our problem completely. So we are indebted to him. However, God doesn't want us to consider our indebtedness to be a burden, something that is a painful thing. He rather wants us to see our indebtedness to God as this wonderful motivation for us to Christian living, for our Christian living. In our reading for today, the Apostle Paul describes Christian living in view of God's mercy. Christian living in view of God's mercy. That's, that's a living sacrifice to God, as Paul says here, a living sacrifice to God, a humble life, humble living, and it's also working with fellow Christians to serve our God. In the verses before us, the Apostle Paul, he's encouraging us to faithfully live as believing children of God, and to faithfully live our Christian lives. He, he said, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. We can notice that in this section, he doesn't say phrases like, you must, you should, you ought to, you have to. You have to offer your bodies as living sacrifices to God. He simply says, I urge you in view of God's mercy. Paul wants us to live our Christian lives because we know how gracious and merciful and loving our God has been to us. He wants us to say thank you to God. He doesn't want us to feel this burden of debt toward God. He wants us to feel the amazing grace and love of God. And now, when we would encourage our fellow Christians, we'll want to follow the Apostle Paul's example that I urge you in view of God's mercy. You know, what we probably could say, and it might even be appropriate to say, you should read your Bible more. You have to go to church. Maybe it's better to say those phrases not with putting a threat toward people, to say instead, since God has been merciful to you, since God has done so much for you, don't you want to read your Bible more and more so that you can reap the blessings that that book wants to give you? Or don't you want to regularly go to church 
so that you can praise and worship your God and, and encourage your fellow Christians and, and, be in an, and be encouraged by your fellow Christians. Paul seems to be asking quite a bit here when he says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices to God, but isn't that really what we owe to God? Our bodies as living sacrifices. After all, our God is the one who made us in the first place. And when we sin, he's the one who did everything to work out our eternal salvation so that we can look forward to living forever with him in heaven. He worked out, did everything for our heaven. And to do that, our Savior, what he did is he sacrificed his life. He gave up his life for us to pay for our sins. Now, he did all of that because of his grace and mercy, because of his love for us, because of his love for us. And now, God did that. God made us believing children of God. He made us heirs of heaven. And doesn't it then make sense for us who have received so much from our God, doesn't it make sense that what we'll want to do is be full-time Christians? Offer our bodies as living sacrifices to God. Not out of a forced obligation, not because we feel we ought to, we have to, we must, we want to we want to because we're so overjoyed at what our God has done for us but what's involved in offering our bodies as living sacrifices to God well Paul says here do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. Oh, years ago, many years ago, when I went to kindergarten and grade school in Milwaukee, oh, I can remember one thing that I really kind of hated because what my parents made me do is in the wintertime, when it was cold, they'd make me go to school wearing my boots. They'd make me wear my boots despite the fact that most of the kids who went to school didn't wear their boots. And so what that meant is that I went to school wearing my boots and I ended up feeling like the oddball. And no one likes to feel like the oddball. We'd rather be like everyone else. And now we have that same tendency when it comes to our Christian lives, our spiritual lives. We don't want to be the oddball. We don't want to stand out and look like we're different from everyone else. And that's a dangerous spot for us to be in in this world in which we live today. Living in a world that is soft on sin, 
and wants to be tolerant of things that God definitely says are wrong, it's easy for us to be tempted to have that same kind of attitude as the world, that lax attitude towards sin, whether it be things like greed or immorality, materialism, some other form of lovelessness. All of those temptations are there for us to be like everyone else. So Paul says, do not conform. Instead, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, of course, takes place when the Holy Spirit works on our hearts and keeps working on our hearts through the Word of God to build us up and strengthen us in our faith, to transform us so that we're not like the world, but we're offering our bodies as living sacrifices to God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that transformation, probably best pictured thinking of the transformation of what happens to a caterpillar when that ugly caterpillar turns into that beautiful moth, that beautiful butterfly. When that change takes place in our hearts, then we're able to, to better understand God's good and perfect will. On one occasion, on one occasion, Jesus was talking about what is involved in being a Christian, and he said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. We deny ourselves when we acknowledge our sinful nature, when we acknowledge that all our righteous acts are like filthy rags, as Scripture tells us, when through faith we admit our need for God's help. Paul said, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Let's realize, of course, that our sinful nature wants to build up our sinful pride as we, so that we believe that we don't need God's grace or so that we think that we're better than others. And when our sinful pride would be running our lives, then we're in trouble. That's when we can have such problems in our relationships with others. And now it's usually our sinful pride that ends up getting in the way of our relationships with others because what our sinful pride does is it makes us never want to confess our own guilt, our own responsibility. It always wants us to think that we're better than others. That's our sinful pride but we'll instead want to not follow the example of our sinful pride, but follow the example of our Savior and think of how our Savior, how he humbled himself for us when he paid for our sins. Let's remember Paul's encouragement. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Let's remember instead the tax collector's plea when he said, God, have mercy on me a sinner. 
when by the grace of God we possess the humbleness that Paul refers to here, then we are better able to work together with our fellow Christians in God's service. Paul, he describes the Holy Christian Church, that is all true believers, as the body of Christ. He said, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Through faith, we are members of the body of Christ. And when we think of the body of Christ, well, think of the human body. In the human body, there are many parts, and each part has its own particular function. If any part of our body isn't working as it should, then we have a problem. And as members of Christ's body, we all have different purposes, different talents and abilities that God gives to us. And, well, it's important for us to work together as the body of Christ. When we're working together as the body of Christ, well, then it really is amazing what mighty things God can accomplish through you and me through sinners like you and me. But when we aren't working together, well, then we would be like the football team, for example, where some of the players are sloughing off and not really giving their all. Or maybe think of the relay race team where one person refuses to run Nothing's going to happen under circumstances like that. It's important that we as members of the body of Christ that we work together so that we grow in God's grace together, so that we are encouraging and strengthening and building up one another, so that we're doing a little bit better job of reaching out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But, but what are we to do to serve the Lord? This is a question after prayerful consideration each of us would want to consider. What are we to do to serve the Lord? Paul said, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. God has blessed each of us with different talents and abilities. He's given each of us different talents and abilities, and he gives them to us to use them, not to hide them, to use them. And when the Lord returns as the judge on the last day, well, surely when he comes back, we'll want him to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. So let's look at ourselves. Let's prayerfully look at ourselves and figure out how we can be a part of the body of Christ. In our, in our reading, Paul lists several gifts that God may give to us. There are more gifts that he could give, of course. But the list, he says, prophesying. That's the ability to be able to share God's word with others. 
Eucharist. Very important gift in the church. Then there's the gift of serving. And serving, that's the ability, the aptitude toward helping out others with big tasks or small tasks. It could be ushering, it could be serving snacks, it could be cleaning the church, it could be cutting the grass, it could be going on out and reaching out into the community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, teaching the ability to explain to other people what the Bible says about God's grace and love. Then there's encouraging, and that's a special gift, being an encourager, because in our world, oh, so many people are so down in the dumps, and, and they need us to encourage them and build them up and strengthen them in the Lord Jesus. And some people are blessed with the ability, he says, to generously support the Lord's work. And some have the necessary talents to be leaders in God's church. And the final gift that's mentioned in this reading is the ability to show mercy, to have compassion on others. All of us have one and probably more of these gifts. And maybe we have some other gifts all together. But one gift that we all have that I'd like you to think about today is a gift that I think we all need to work on a bit more. And that gift is regularly and faithfully gathering together to worship God, to praise God, to study His Word, and to be there for one another. How important it is for us to gather together to encourage and strengthen one another. And we all need that. We all need one another. Whatever our talents and abilities may be, Paul encourages us here to use them faithfully, to work together as parts of the body of Christ. So we're really doing all we can together to grow in the faith and then also to do as Jesus said, to go and preach the gospel to all nations. One other ability that God has given to each of us is the ability to pray. And that's a gift that we don't want to overlook Let's faithfully use that gift because Scripture says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. We can pray for ourselves, our family, and our friends, our nation, our church. We can pray for mission work. We can pray for the needy. And we can know as we pray to our God, as believing children of God, we know that our God is going to hear every one of our prayers and answer every one of our prayers in the best possible way. There are many things that maybe each of us can't do for the church. It's not our talent and our ability, but every one of us can pray 
and we can gather together to worship our God and, and encourage one another and worship our God and study the Word of God together and be built up together. So let's use those abilities and any other talent that God has given to us to give glory to our God and to give thanks to our God for His amazing grace and love. Through faith, we do know what God in His grace and mercy has done for us. And what He's done for us means that we're indebted to Him for all eternity, especially because He gave us His Son to live and to die for us, to pay for our sins, to win for us heaven, something that you and I couldn't possibly even begin to do. We're indebted to God. But that's not a burden. Think of it as, again, a wonderful motivation Christian living in view of God's mercy, His mercy, it motivates us to live for Him, to want to serve Him, to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to God, be His humble servants, and do all of that to say thank you for His grace and love so that the Holy Spirit can work through us and bring that grace and love to, to everyone. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. It's on page 19. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. O oh God, you reveal your mighty power chiefly in showing mercy and kindness. Grant us the full measure of your grace, that we may obtain your promises and become partakers of your heavenly glory. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In our prayers, we keep Stan Krasik because... He remains hospitalized at Sparrow, dealing with some infections. We think of Juleene Anderson. She was hospitalized, now back at Island City, but also dealing with infection. We, we think of 
we think of Paula Burris dealing with infection and circulation issues. Uh, we can go on our list of those in our prayer list and, and we say, Lord God, please be gracious and merciful. Keep on showering your grace and mercy on your people and, and if it's according to your will, grant healing. But always grant your presence, your help, and your strength. Help us each so that we can keep on fighting the good fight of faith and, and going out as Christian soldiers with the sword of the Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can work on the hearts of more and more people so more and more people can know the grace and mercy and love of our God. We pray this in Jesus, our Savior's name, in whose name we, we join in praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America. Land that I love, stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above, from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Thank you again for joining me for worship today. Just a couple of announcements to share with you today. Our Monday is Jeannie Norder's birthday. Doug and Jean Grinnell's anniversary, that's also Patriot Day. Wednesday is Dave Christmas's birthday. Thursday, John Patterson's birthday. It's also our church council meeting. David Wine has a birthday on, on Friday and just mentioned because it was omitted on the calendar, but David and David and Hannah Wine had an anniversary this, this past Thursday. I think those are the announcements I have to share with you right now. Please do look at our prayer list. Keep everybody in your prayers. Keep praying that we all would get more of God's grace and mercy and love. The Lord bless and keep you always.